This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Ah, episode 60. Before long, we'll be able to catch Social Security. Yes. <laughs> well, what is that up to these days? 67 65, 67. Are you, I sure, know. I think it's 67. It could be. I don't know. <laughs> I'll never be able to claim it. But uh, this is Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley alongside and guest host Ace in the studio, too. So uh, he is here. And we got a big show. We got a couple of guests this morning. Yeah. This first segment sponsored by our friends at Queenstown Bank. They're your community bank on the eastern shore with nine branches across four counties. They're conveniently located in or near your hometown. Stop in at any of their branches or give them a call at 410-827-8881. Queenstown Bank, your official hometown bank, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Uh, Linder, and uh, let's go ahead and jump off with it. I mean, last week we had uh, Ashton Snellshire mm-hmm. with us, a, a Decatur uh, graduate and uh, football player for the Seahawks, and he was a preferred walk-on at uh, Richmond, University of Richmond, with the Spiders down there, and had a great conversation with him. And uh, step number two in our "Where Are They Now?" segment, uh, we're going to catch up a, a little closer to home. Yeah, Salisbury University. And uh, North Carolina grad Joey Bildstein, and uh, he is you know, willing to join us now. Hey, thanks for joining us, uh, Joey. Yeah, of course, Coach. No problem. Glad to be here. Yeah. Now, I had the opportunity. I coached Joey for a little bit um, when I was the uh, JV coach at North Carolina, and then you know he stepped up and got some good coaching from you know Jody Ward <laughs> and uh, Colin Joseph and Jay's McCormick. And uh, so he graduated. What year did you graduate high school? I can't remember. Uh, I was in 2019. Okay. So then you go and decided to attend Salisbury University. And you just announced that you're coming back for another year. What is this year? Number seven, eight, nine? What is it? Uh, It feels like that sometimes. Definitely. Hmm. Uh, Number five. I'm excited. You know, uh, it was definitely a little, you know, you get done four years of college and then it's like, uh, life's about to start. So then I got offered to play football again. And I was like, uh, couldn't pass it up. It was... I, I can't blame you. You know, life, I mean, life will be there soon enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> Take the opportunity. this is something that, uh, it's a once in a lifetime experience and you know, you, you get to go to college and we talked, you know, to Ashton last week about the D one experience and how they kind of own you and really looking forward to talking to you today about the D3 experience and and why you chose D3 because I think it's important for kids nowadays to know that no matter where you go D1 D2 or D3 you got to love the game of football to keep playing it or whatever sport it is that you're going to play at the collegiate level correct uh 100% yeah if you if you don't love it it's not for you <laughs> uh, yeah and yeah, I will yeah, and Joey, I would think that, you know, I, I know D1, D3, D2, you know, there's different levels and all that, but I've got to think in terms of a time commitment, uh, I know maybe the travel's a little bit different here or there, but generally speaking, though, and Mark, I've got to think the time commitment that you've got to put in at SU is along the same lines of what Ashton has to put in at Richmond. No, definitely. I mean, aside from maybe like a few position meetings that they might have throughout the week and maybe a few more like check-ins of treatment, I know 
we're lifting pretty much every day. And if it's not team to sign, it's, it's pretty, you know, highly encouraged that you're lifting <laughs> every single day. Right. And then, um, yeah, same with film. I mean, you, you gotta be watching film, especially if you want to be good. Like it's, if you go out there and wing it, guys care too much and they're trying too hard to be great and you're going to get exposed out there. So it's really, I think D1 is, might be more like they're going to force you to be good, but D1's like, hey, you make the decision if you want to be good and we're going to find the guys that are willing to make that decision. You, you mentioned the time and what you, you know, the weightlifting, what have you. Let's let's look at Joey's day. Um, start with out of season and what your your weekdays and weekends look like. And then let's talk in season so that we can see the difference. So, like, you know, for instance, for today, here we, it's on a Monday, beginning of the week. You know, what does your weekdays and weekends look like out of season? Oh, uh, Mondays. Mondays are that's my work day. I, on a typical day, and I'm I'm full time student teaching now too. So I'll wake up at around like five five fifteen, and I'll have a six a.m. lift. So I can make sure I get to my student teaching. So I usually get out of there like 7.15, 7.30, go home, shower, try to eat something, go teach from like anywhere from like 8.15 to 4.15. Then I'll have a class right after that. And then I'd like to eat at some point during the day. So I try to get some dinner after that. And then uh, every once in a while, we'll have like Tuesday, Thursday position groups just trying to meet up. You know, that's just us, not even coaches, but our group getting together and watching some film and talking about like what we can improve on. And that's pretty much weekly. I mean, aside from, I have a class on Monday, but yeah, I'm pretty much going from five to four fifteen work pretty much every day. But like I said, I love it. I wouldn't change a thing. It's, it's awesome. But and that's just off season. So. so then what is, you know, you, you said student teaching. So I guess you're going to an actual uh, school and, and learning how to, you know, teach and deal with today's generation uh, of kids in the classroom. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm at uh, Fruitland Intermediate School. It's been a good experience. I like it definitely a lot. Yeah, right down the street then, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. perfect for me. So talk to me about what in-season is like then and what your schedule's like during the season. That, that's a lot more like locked in, attention to detail. We Our coaches do a great job of getting our class schedule set to where this fall is usually a little bit of a lighter year for you, mm-hmm. unless you're a freshman. That freshman year, you find out if college is for you or not because you've got to take your classes. Otherwise, you, you're not gonna, you're gonna, it's going to take you seven years to graduate. But pretty much we, uh, we lift it's three times a week. Usually Mondays are a recovery lift if you travel and play from the Saturday game. And then Wednesday and Friday are kind of preparing the body for the game. And then Friday could be a travel day, too. So that lift's either really early or we'll miss the lift. And then we usually make that up one day or another, just trying to get the body ready. And then practices, technically it's 3 to 5, but you know, I like to personally, like a lot of the guys who are playing, I like to get there around like 1.30, 2. Make sure you're stretched, get ready, get out for pre-practice. Because, you know, if you're just clocking in your two hours, I mean, you, you see the results of the teams that do that and the teams that don't. So you're usually at practice from any time from like, 1.30 to like 5.30. We usually get out of there by the time you shower and get dressed and everything. Then um, at least twice a week you're going to be watching film on the upcoming opponent, and that's usually about 30 minutes, just kind of dissecting a few things you want to attack. And then you'll have a team meeting on uh, Monday occasionally, depending on how the game goes. Usually if you get beat, there's definitely going to be a team meeting. But uh, <laughs> if you're lucky enough to pull one out, then usually you're off. And then Friday we'll have a team meeting, pretty much discussing for a game. And then if it's a travel week, uh, we I remember we went to Western New England. I think we left at it had to be like six in the morning that Saturday or that Friday. 
get there around like I think it was five o'clock, and then you immediately get off that bus. You're in your meetings with your position groups. Then we'll have team meal. Then it's usually like a nine thirty ten curfew. Wake up at like eight o'clock. Go to your pregame meal. Go to your pregame meetings. Then we'll get on the bus. Tapes usually like two hours before the game. You're warming up, and then it's game time. Then just do it all again the next week. Wow, so a, a very busy schedule and obviously like you said you got to love it and if you don't love it it's not going to be for you yeah 100 percent. no i see guys you know usually you come in with like about 60 guys in your recruiting class and you'll you'll probably finish with about 10 of the guys you got there with so it's definitely a you find out who loves it hey, joy and for those who who may not know and and make sure that i'm up on everything division three though there are no athletic scholarships correct with d3 Oh, no, absolutely not, no. So that's where it's academically really stressed there as compared to other divisions. Not to say it's academics aren't important, but that's where they offer sports scholarships. At D3, they do not. Uh, but that still doesn't mean, though, that your level of commitment to you know playing the game and wanting to win and care and, and have a winning program, that's still very much evident. But clearly, though, uh, that's a big distinction compared to some of the other levels. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Obviously, you know, we'd all like to get, you know, college paid for and, like, a free shot at everything, you know. And it, it's great if you do get that opportunity. I think that's great that the D1 level has that. And it helps a lot of people, and I think that's awesome. But at um, at D3, you know, I think it, I think it kind of, like, speaks to, like, some of the players there. That, you know, it's truly, like, the guys who get there and you see the teams that win. And, you know, if you win at all, you're playing, like, pretty deep in December. So yeah. you're in school for so long, and it's – you know, you just see the guys, like, you, you form, like, a brothership, you know. It's not like we're all, like, trying to get paid, go to the NFL and everything. Like, this is, like, going to be the last time you're playing football, and these are going to be, like, your last teammates. And it just I think it forms an even better bond between the guys. I, I kind of prefer it, honestly. I'm trying to trust I'd love to get my school paid for it, but I kind of like the idea of, like, we're all in this together, and, you know, we kind of chose this life, and, you know, we're just sticking it out together. Although, while there is that distinction, don't get fooled. There's some very good Division Three football, and we have seen a few guys over the years be able to make an NFL roster from uh, from D3. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. I, um, I know we had the guy from Wisconsin Whitewater. His name slipped in my head right now. But, yeah, he, I think he started just about every single game for the Denver Broncos this year. And Wisconsin Whitewater, we were actually able to play them a few years ago. So, mm-hmm. No, there's definitely a high level of talent. And we we play every week. We'll, you'll run into some guys that like definitely either had a shot to go D1, maybe they just didn't want a preferred walk-on situation because that can be scary too. You know, you're you're going in, you already know you're kind of behind the eight ball, so maybe you want to put yourself in front of it. And then you see those guys on the field. You know, they're athletic freaks. They're flying around, chasing down plays, and it's just good to see like guys at that high of a level who care that much playing that level of ball. Talking with Joey Bildstein, North Carolina grad and a Salisbury Seagull football player <laughs> running back. And this next segment is sponsored by our friends at Pret Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrette and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Pret Moy Therapy Associates at 410 604 2982 so you're going back as a fifth year senior Have, did you get to play all four years so far uh yeah no 100 it's been i've been i've been pretty lucky honestly I've, I've got an opportunity to at least get an opportunity and i've made the most of it and it's it's thanks to a lot of other people but 
yeah, I've been lucky enough that not a lot of people do, so I, I truly appreciate it. Yeah, so your first year in, you played a little bit, right? I mean, you weren't a starter at the beginning, but you played a little bit. But your playing time has increased dramatically uh, over the course of these four seasons. Yeah, no, I was uh, – my freshman year, it was actually kind of crazy. It was – I remember I was, I was about the fourth running back on the block. We had three absolute stud running backs. We had a guy named Mike Mofor who was probably still one of the better running backs I've ever seen, behind David Bailey, of course. But, yeah, he um, he was an absolute mm. freak. Just saw everything. I learned so much from him. And then he graduated, and then uh, the other two running backs both went to the military. And that so it kind of just threw me right in, right wow. as a sophomore. And then I, I kind of, you know, you kind of have a choice at that point. You, you're you going to have to show up or not. And um, I really took the opportunity seriously. And I, I got – my coaches did a great job of kind of presenting the opportunity to me, like, hey, this isn't something that every kid's getting a shot to do. And I think I appreciated the opportunity and took advantage of it. But, yeah, no, my freshman year, I got to play a little bit through injuries, and then we were able to make it to the Elite Eight. And I was starting on special teams. And I that was just like the pageantry of just like those final rounds. I think it kind of like shocked me a little bit. And then just as a start of these last couple of years, I've just been trying to take everything in stride, you know, take the opportunities that they come. And I've been lucky enough to play with some great teammates who have helped me be really good too. So it's just been a great experience. I can't uh, talk about that enough. And Joey, just to get the timeline right. So you graduate from Salisbury in 19, or excuse me, North Carolina in 19, but then you start your freshman year in 19. But refresh us, in 2020, a COVID year, did you guys play a schedule that season or did you not have a season that year? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, no, we played um, about four games. It was supposed to, or we played three games, supposed to be four. We had a couple of teams who they they either got COVID or it just didn't work out happening. It was a very weird year, but that was actually when I got my first start right. against uh, Christian Newport, which was I thought it really benefited me a lot having that season because it would have been a, it definitely would have been a bigger jump for me, especially just on the body. That was the first thing I realized my first full season as a starter. The the toll it just takes going in every single week against these guys. So just kind of getting a little bit of a glimpse about what it could have been, I think gave me a, a bit of a wake-up call, too, going in that helped me prepare a lot. But, yeah, we were able to go undefeated that COVID season, too. So it was it was a good experience to have. I was glad we got games in because it definitely did not look like we were going to. Yeah, to, to your point, though, you got to ease in a little bit without having that full schedule. But you knew coming back for junior year, okay, I got to really get my body ready for the pounding because we're going to be playing a lot more games than we did in 20. Yeah, no, I and you put y'all ask any even high school football players. You know, you get done that Friday night game, you wake up the next day and you can feel it just all day. And I remember I left that CNU game. I, I think I only ended up with like twelve carries or something. I ended up I had a decent game, but I woke up the next day and I was like, oh, this is different. Like, I, you know, like my thighs are pounding. Like I'm trying to walk and I'm like reaching for like to turn off my alarm clock and my shoulder like feels like it's popping out. Like it was it was a different level of pain. So. Kind of going into that, I knew I was like, I got to stretch. I got to get some flexibility, you know, take care of my body so that you know, I can make do the ten game season. I've been I've been lucky enough, knock on wood, I've never missed a game. Hmm. So hopefully, we can keep that streak going. Yeah, that would be important and uh, able to keep you know keep the streak going, like you said. Would you say this last year was your best one yet? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, across across even statistically across all levels of football, I played it. There was a there was like a three stretch game where I felt like I was really playing the highest level of football I had played. I think I felt faster, stronger, just the reads. 
And I, I think the game really started slowing down for me, too, you know. And Salisbury's only had a handful of thousand-yard rushers, so I started creeping up on that number. And I think the seriousness in your head kind of, like, wakes you up a little bit. Like, hey, like, you have a shot to do something special, you know, take advantage of it, you know. You don't know if you're going to get the shot next year. So I think that motivation, I got around, like, 800 yards. I really locked in and tried to just take the most out of the season. I'm glad I did. It worked out great. Yeah, when you look at uh, your rushing attempts, I mean, you were getting 10, 11, 17 was a high against Western New England. Um, and it was also your high output at that point, uh, the fourth game in, 141 yards. But you mentioned down the stretch, I mean, William Patterson, 21, TCNJ, 19, Rowan, 26, mm. 16 against Keene, Christopher Newport, 36. Woo. And then Mount, wow. and Mount Union, you only got three carries. What the hell happened there? Uh, they, that was a different level. Those guys, they showed up. They they got you behind. Know, the that's option, you can kind of you can kind of pick your poison, and you know they. I think they just kind of decided. And we, God bless us, we had such a young team, and you know we had a lot of injuries. We got down to our fifth string quarterback. Uh, going into that game because of injuries and that happens when you run the option (laughs) yeah 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 no 100 percent. we're like dario belazar he actually just graduated from cambridge he was able to start in that mountain game he had a crazy good year for a freshman that was one of the more impressive things i've seen but we had those young guys i mean i think i think at some point we just kind of ran out of gas you know like we were we were you know you beat cnu you know we have that thriller and then you you're like, oh, you're rewarded. You get to go play the number one team in the country at the time. So I think that some of us kind of got a little shell-shocked by it. But, yeah, no, they kind of just decided that I, I guess I wasn't going to get the ball. Mountain Union did. You know, they, they were t- crashing down on us pretty hard, which definitely gets frustrating. But, I mean, they're, they're a well-coached team, too, just like we are. You know, they, they can see what they can do. But looking at that output, 150, 154, 186, 45, 239 against Christopher Newport, Quite an impressive season, nonetheless, and you end up averaging 112 yards a game uh, with your longest run, 84 yards. Where the hell was that in JV season? Hey, you know, I was waiting for it, you know. I was was, was waiting for the call. You know, Tyler Barrett wasn't letting me on the field. (laughs) Well, I tell you, you, you've uh, you've come a a long way, and – Choosing to go back for for one more year, is it kind of exciting for you to know that they've, you know, yeah, you've got the NFL, but you've also got the USFL and now the XFL as well as playing options? Is that something you're thinking about maybe being able to pursue, or are we just going to play football one more year and then go teach? Uh, I mean, obviously, if something like that presented itself, you know, I. I I love playing football more than anybody, I'd say. Like, I really do. So, it's not something I think I'm searching for, more, for say, but if, if an opportunity presented itself, I, I definitely wouldn't say no, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, I kind of just want to focus on this year. You know, I, I feel like I, our coaches have given me so much. I definitely felt like I owed it to them at least, if not more, more so than myself, to come back. You know, Doug Fleetwood really is just like, He's, he's given me a lot. You know, he's given me a lot of opportunities. He's taught me so much. And same with Ryan Fleetwood, just helping me become such a better football player. And I, I really want to see what the finale can look like, you know. And then, yeah, as far as playing at the next level, that, that would be a dream come true, honestly. There's there's no way around it. But, yeah, if the opportunity presents itself, that'd be awesome. But definitely, I'm excited to teach, too. Can't lie. But, you know, kind of those, if it happens, it happens. If not, it's, I'm 
I'm content. Joey, I take it this played into at least partially of your decision to go to Salisbury coming from North Carolina. We knew North Carolina, you know, a staple, the wing tee on offense under Coach McCormick, who just announced his retirement. We can talk about that coming up in a second. But you go from a wing tee team that's dedicated to the run, committed to the run, to a Salisbury option attack that's also, though, committed uh, to the run. So clearly, stylistically and offensive philosophy-wise, stylistically a little bit different, but philosophically, just the same you know we run the football run the football run the football I, I take it that was a factor no yeah 100 percent. i'm a big i like that identity too you know like hey you can kind of when you get to that point you can kind of you know put it out there hey if we think we're better than you we're gonna run it right down your throat there's nothing you can do about it you know that i kind of like having that as an identity and being the fullback going to the superback i know i can be a big part of the power game and inside run and part of establishing that, you know, give him, I felt like I would have a great chance to really help my t- team win the game. And then, yeah, my coach, like I said, my coaches, co- both the coach Leewood, they really did an awesome job in my head of just kind of making the transition like so easy for me, just kind of making it seem like, hey, this is real. If you think about it, this is just this. You know, you've been doing it your whole life. You know, so that that always helps me too. So, yeah, definitely running the ball. Obviously, it's, I wanted the ball <laughs> to get it. You know, that's, that's a big reason you want to play running back. So, it was really good. To, it's nice that Salisbury was so close, too. You know, that was a big part of it, too. I wanted to be close to home. So, a lot of things really just came together to where, like, Salisbury just seemed like such an obvious choice for me. Before we start talking about Coach McCormick and his retirement and what it was like playing for him, uh, I, I just want you to know that, you know, I, I bled blue for many years, you know, six years as a JV coach, eight years at the uh, girls' basketball coach. You're wearing the colors right now, actually. And all that, yeah. you know, but I, I came out of retirement and coached the uh, JV squad at Easton this year. And I just want you to know you can get a job in Talbot County and come be a part of my staff. Ah. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, I mean, that's, that's definitely something I'm, I'm looking forward to. You know, it's, it's going to be tough to go on the orange and black, but I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't think I'd ever be able to be a pumpkin either, Joey, but uh, but it worked out hey, pretty good. If it's an opportunity that pays fairly well, uh, you'll consider yeah. it. You'll consider it. Well, Trust if you, me. If you want to go somewhere that pays well, then just yeah. go ahead and, you know, go down and coach with Jake Coleman down at uh, uh, Decatur. Yeah, but they because, throw the football, though. They don't run the football yeah, as much. But, <laughs> well, they might have to some day but you know yeah. i mean you know they, and that's still you're still wearing blue down that's there, true that's so. true the colors are pretty much the same but yeah. i'll always uh, have a spot open for you on my <laughs> roster just so you know I, I appreciate that couldn't thank you enough for that honestly Uh, Hey, real quick, and and then we'll get to Coach McCormick. And I asked this of Ashton last week. Joey, what was the easiest transition from high school to college coming from a good program with Coach McCormick? And what was the toughest transition from high school to college? Um, I think just the expectation of greatness, really. Like, you know, at at North Carolina, I've I've told people, I've been lucky enough to ride some good coattails, too. Like, I've been... I was lucky enough. I never lost a regular season game in high school. You know, that was the standard, though. It wasn't like we were happy about it every year. You know, you want to go in. You want to be excellent. You want to put in the work every day. You want to be great. You know, that's what we're at. We're not out here to be average, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I get to Salisbury. And, uh, you know, at the time we hadn't won. Our, we've been lucky enough. We've won the conference four years in a row now. But we hadn't won it in a decent amount of time. And, you know, Coach Wood, I, it, that's such an awesome guy to play for. I love playing for Coach Wood. I bought in so fast. It was he came in, he was like, we got goals, we want to achieve them, this is how we're going to achieve them, we're going to be great. You know, and I, I, that blew my eyes up. I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I want. I want to be great. I want to, like, win things. I don't want to have an opportunity to play at the highest level. So just 
both my head coaches have really just preached excellence and they know how to get it too. And it's like I said, I've been really lucky with what I've got. And then probably the hardest was, I think, just the speed of play, which I think is just kind of anytime you jump to a new level. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just find, you, you see that one dude and you're just like, no, nah, he's better than anybody I've ever seen. That's, <laughs> he just, like, I remember I was playing, I think it was Keen my freshman year. And I'd always, I'd always taken a lot of pride of I can run through just about any D lineman. And I get a, I get a dive and he probably wanted to pull it and I went ahead and clamped onto it and said, I'm going through this guy. <laughs> I, was on my, I was trying to pick up my cleats after that play for a while. So <laughs> just kind of getting used to the speed and, you know, realizing when to fight your battles and when not to. <laughs> Joey Bildstein <laughs> nice. with us from North Carolina High School and the running back for your Salisbury University Seagulls. And uh, this segment sponsored by our friends, at the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance, located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park. They are open 24 hours for gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. Don't forget they've got the uh, the Elegance with an Edge Gala coming up on March 4th. Looking forward to being there with that. All right, real quick, let's talk about James McCormick and his uh, decision to step down. Um, and you really raved about the coaching staff that you have there at Salisbury. And it seemed like all your high school coaches, you know, at the varsity level all went to Salisbury as well. So it was pretty easy transition. Yeah, no, definitely. You could, there's, there's so many similarities just of like how they want to run things. And just, I, I think both, both of them run great practices, you know, both of them believe in culture, just all the things you need of a great football team. You can really see it translate to everyone who's like going through there. And our coaches are a great example of that at uh, North Carolina of just, you know, seeing what they want, finding a way to get the best out of the guys and trying to get it. Is there one memory that, you know, playing for coach McCormick that stands out above all others? Uh, or or a, or a McCormickism that you know huh. you just that you know when you hear it you're like oh that's James McCormick. Uh, what, without a doubt, if you if you show up to a practice in North Carolina, as soon as they break it down, he's gonna let you know it's a work day, and uh, that's that's kind of something that I've always that I've always held on to. Just every day you go in and work, and he preaches that every single day. He's gonna say it. Probably the memory I would choose, I remember we were playing Parkside my senior year, and um, I, I, was, I was playing safety at the time, and I'd given up like a, a stupid touchdown, just missed, completely missed a read. And he's ripping me and reaming me up and down the field. And then as soon as we're going on offense, he just like lets me know, he's like, yeah, I'm coming right back to you. And, you know, I was able to score a touchdown, kind of ice the game in that drive. And I just, I'll just always remember like, I appreciated like the faith that he had in me as a player, even though I had just showed him that I'm a messed up occasionally out here, you know, just so you know, and uh, you know, just uh, just the faith that he had in us and wanting us to be great, and the belief that he, the belief that we could be great that he had from us. That's definitely a memory that I still hold on to as far as confidence. Just you know, it's, you're going to be down, but you know, make sure you get back up. We're going to need you, and he always preached that too. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Joey, listen, we really appreciate you uh, joining us today, and I'm hoping that you know we can get down to see you and play, see you play one time uh, next year, uh, or should we say this coming season, because yeah, it's yeah. this year already, because uh, I'd love to come watch you play, and hopefully we can do that this year. But we do thank you for the time 
and uh, and the candidness and and being wide open with us about all of this uh, great stuff and what it's like to be a college athlete. Yeah, of course. I appreciate being on the show. It's awesome. Well, it's great catching up with you, too. Like I said, JV, I'll never forget, hey, beat Queen Anne's when undefeated. That's, a big game of my life. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you were part of the very first unbeaten team in North Carolina high history in you know, North Carolina football. So we went 9-0. and Remember, you know, it wasn't until the next night that the varsity <laughs> – clinch their undefeated season. <laughs> yeah, start, you could say we were the start of something great, honestly. You know? he, he reminds Coach McCormick all the time of that, too, by the way. So It just so happens on the calendar you play a day earlier. That's why, Mark. <laughs> Still, we uh, were the we, first. We don't like to get into technicalities. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, but, Joey, thanks so much. Great interview and best wishes for the upcoming season. Awesome. Thank you, guys. It was awesome being on. The President's Day sales event is going on now at the Preston Autoplex, and we're celebrating the Frog's birthday all month long. This is the best time to buy a new or pre-owned vehicle with over 2,000 vehicles to shop from. You can get huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, Lincolns, Mazda, Nissan, Hyundais, Genesis, and pre-owned vehicles. All month, we're offering 0% financing on select vehicles with approved credit. You heard that right. 0% financing is available. We salute those who serve, and military's first responders receive up to $1,000 appreciation cash towards select new vehicles. Plus, with every new vehicle purchase, you receive Preston for Life, a lifetime engine guarantee, as our investment in you. You can also text Preston, P-R-E-S-T-O-N, to 43386 to receive top dollar for your vehicle. That number again is 43386, text Preston. Our entire inventory is available to shop online at PrestonMotor.com. And remember, cars cost less in Preston. Time out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and our guest host, Ace, who is sound asleep underneath the uh, <laughs> yes, console here. Behaving quite well. Yes, this uh, portion sponsored by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF Certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at MidshoreExteriors.com. Thanks to Joey Bildstein from Salisbury University for joining us and talking about life in college with him. And Well, last week, Mike, we broke the news that uh, Y High has hired a brand-new head football coach, and that is uh, Matt McMurdo, and uh, he joins us now. Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me, fellas. Hey, so glad that you were uh, able to join us here on the podcast to talk about uh, your position. Now, you came, I mean, you've been at Y High for the last, what, four years or so? Four seasons, yes, sir. Coach Taylor brought me in as his uh, defensive coordinator the year that he got hired. And, and you've actually, you've been around Salisbury because you went to Salisbury. You, you've coached at Salisbury. You also coached at J.M. Bennett. Am I correct? Uh, yes, sir. So I'm part of it. I'm, I'm part of that account. Um, so I'm from I'm from around Philadelphia area. Oh, I'm sorry. And, uh, so we don't need to we don't need to mention last. Time. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. So I'm from I'm from the Philadelphia area, and uh, I came down here in college to play football at Salisbury University. Um, I was very fortunate to have a great career there. Um, started four years for the goals, and then um, did track and field there as well. And then I coached at Parkside in 2013 with Coach Riley. Okay. That was the first year I dipped my feet in, got them wet a little bit with coaching there. Then I uh, coached at Bennett in 17 and 18, maybe. With Coach Hoop? And then when Coach Taylor got the um, mm-hmm. head coaching job, he called 
first thing he did was call Hoot Gibson and said, Coach Hoot, is it okay if I asked if I could steal McMurdo? And <laughs> Coach Hoot gave him his blessing, and, and then I came over to Wai Coach, what uh, going back to college, what position did you play there? And then in coaching a Parkside of Bennett, what positions did you coach there? So when I was at Salisbury University, I was inside linebacker, okay. Mike linebacker in the 3-4. And then at Parkside, I coached the defensive backs, running backs, and um, Coach Riley gave me autonomy on one thing. That was the punt unit, and I and I loved running the punt unit over there at Parkside. That was that was really fun. He gave me control of the punt unit that year. And then at Bennett, I coached outside linebackers and um, helped out with uh, assistant coach Slaughter in the defense. I'm surprised Riley gave up any control of anything. <laughs> no, he let me. Yeah, you know he's also he's also a seagull. You know, his goals got to flock together. So he, he trusted me and a couple other young guys who were just out of Salisbury University. He let us uh, he let us go with the punt the punt unit, and um, you know I was in there young, all fired up. He, he let me uh, he let me put this receiver, the, one of the most athletic kids I've coached. He let he let me put him at punter, and uh-huh. we ran you know the rollout punt and everything. It was mm-hmm. great. <laughs> So I, you're in a long line of Bayside coaches who have, who have played and uh, graduated from Salisbury, now on the Bayside, uh, coaching a team. So that tradition continues. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, and it's even beyond the Bayside. When you look at how many coaches in uh, the state of Maryland have their roots in Salisbury University, it's just an attestment to what Coach Wood and Coach Fleetwood and Coach Bennett have built and put together out there. So. I mean, it's really just an attestment to those guys and and how great of a program they run because there are uh, countless guys. You know, I mean, you can look at Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. That was a coach, a coach, Dis Bennett disciple. And then you can look at Matt Banna, who's now the head coach at Reservoir. Um, You know, Jake Coleman, there's, there's countless coaches out here who, who attribute, you know, I guess maybe their, their football coaching career to Salisbury University. Sure. Let, let's talk about you and, and why high. Uh, you've been there for you know, the last, like you said, four years. And uh, as the defensive coordinator, you know, we loved Isaiah Taylor and, and very open. I've been very open about it when, when Taylor took the job, that his number one thing was going to have to be to change the culture there and install some discipline. Because why high's always had athletes, they just lack discipline. And, and when I talk about them, I'm talking about, you know, the, the untimely penalties, the, you know, just just really mistakes at, in a, at inopportune times. And he came in and he did just that and changed the culture. So I like the fact that there was a hire from inside the program. Are there any changes that you're looking to implement to kind of do it McMurdo's way or is it status quo? Well, um, that's a great question. Uh, so I think Isaiah Taylor's Y High football program, a lot of what he did and a lot of what we did as a staff to change the culture and to build the football program here, or I should say rebuild it, um, drew from Salisbury University. And, you know, we were teammates in college. So he was, uh, he was a transfer sophomore when I was a senior. So, um you know, he, uh, we played together at Salisbury University, and a lot of what we did here and a lot of the things we emphasize are things that we get from Coach Wood 
So, I mean, as far as that kind of thing goes, the culture, that uh, that shouldn't change too much. But both of us are firm believers in in building relationships with your players because, you know, the athletes at Y High, um, if you can build a relationship, they don't care what you know until they know that you care. You know, instead to use a cliche like that, but it's, it's very true. And um, here at Y High especially, more, more than other places, I think, but. You know, you well, why there? Why there more so than other places? Well, I mean, you know, if you want to get down to the to the nitty gritty. The, the real of it is that, you know, at our school, the neighborhoods and areas we draw from, kids are coming from different circumstances, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you look at a Ken Island or a Stephen Decatur, and and not to um, this is nothing against those programs, Got but it. a lot of the students and people that go to you know those schools. They have a lot of things in place at their home lives, um, things that they don't have to worry about, right? Um, I'm going to go home, and my mom's going to have a full meal cooked for me. My dad's going to get back from work, blah, blah, blah. We're going to talk about football at the table. There's not as many of those. Um, you know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy, right, how can you worry about football when you're worried about what you're going to eat or what else is going on? Right, right. You know, being at a school that's fed by Title I elementary schools, which, you know, 100% free lunch. Um, there, there's more things these kids have to worry about and deal with than some other schools. And, you know, I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade coaching at any school for the world because, you know, the relationships you build with these kids and through football, you can really affect change on someone's life. And, I, and I, you know, I, I'm someone who I wouldn't exist if it weren't for football. You know, my, my, uh, my grandfather played for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's where he met my grandmother. My grand, uh, my father played at Temple University, and that's how he met my mother. So, you know, football is a great way, a great tool to help these kids learn about being a man and help change their lives. Did so. you meet your wife at Salisbury? <laughs> um, in Salisbury, yes. <laughs> there, there, there you we go. go. So yeah. Football again. Yeah. Well, and coach, real quick, who who did who was your grandfather? You say he played for the Eagles. What was his name? Yes, sir. So we're gonna have to go way back here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Did he play on the 60 championship team that beat the Packers? Before that. Okay. Sir. <laughs> okay. All right. So gotcha. he originally got ready. Here's some football trivia for you guys being sports radio guys. I'm sure you'll like this. So he got drafted. He played at University of Pitt. Mm-hmm. And he played in the Rose Bowl against USC. Okay. And then got drafted to the Boston Braves. Mm. <laughs> and that was that before. Does go- they changed to the Boston Redskins, and then they moved to D.C. Right. But Burt Bell um, traded for him and brought him to Philadelphia. Hmm. So he played for Philadelphia in 29 or 30, around then, in the 1930s. And um, he played at Philadelphia for a couple of years and then coached at Philadelphia for a couple of years. And then World War II came, and he joined the Marines. Wow. That's really cool. Now, what position did he play? Um, he was a tackle. Okay. He was, a, he was an offensive and defensive tackle. Okay. Now it's pretty funny they called him Big Jim McMurdo at a whopping six foot one, two hundred and ten pounds. <laughs> well, back then it is big. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Times have changed though. To Coach's point, yeah. Well, yeah, and, if, uh, you know, yeah. Nineteen thirty so, with the leather helmets, I guess two hundred ten pounds. You were you were big. But. Uh, 
That's really cool. Yeah. Well, you definitely have football in, in the uh, in the blood, in the family, and such. And, you know, to bring it back, though, to why high for a second, you talked about the players, you know, they want to know that you care and developing relationships first. You know who just said that recently? D'Amico Ryan's the new head coach of the Houston Texans, who was the D.C. with the 49ers. He said the very same thing. He said the players don't know, uh, don't care about what you know. They care about the relationships that you build with them, at least first and foremost. Well, yeah, he he would know he would know more than anyone, right? I mean, yeah. D'Amico Ryan's was a great linebacker, played many years, had a very successful career, and then you know the Niners' defense was incredible this year. So, if that's uh, if that's his recipe, I'd be a fool not to follow it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, coach, when the news came out that, that Coach Taylor was going to leave, a were you surprised? And B, did it did that then automatically trigger? Hey, I, I want to take this head coaching job. Did he encourage you? Talk to us th- through that process. So um, Coach Taylor let me know very early in that process before he had, you know, made the decision. And, um, you know, my opinion for him was uh, go, go and get it, man. Mm -hmm. You know, you you did a great job here. Nobody will feel sour about it. It's a great opportunity, a 6A Virginia high school. You know, know, I'm going to be in full support of him. That's my brother. So. Uh, you know, I had nothing but nothing but positive things for him. You know, go get it, man. Try it out. Go see what happens. And then he goes, yeah, okay. And they asked me, you know, what would be my reservation? And he said, bringing his staff with him. So then he asked me, you want to come to Mount Vernon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, and, uh, you know, you know, just talking it over with my, with my girl and everything, and it, it didn't make sense to do that. So then the next question would be, all right, well, who's going to take over at Y High? And, um, you know, that's something that I – I took very, very seriously and thought about it a lot. I reached out to a lot of people whose opinions I respect to ask them about what I, you know, what what they thought and, and get their opinions on things. And, and, you know, that list includes some, some guys, you know, we've already mentioned. I talked to Coach Wood, met with him, Coach Liz Bennett, talked to him. Um, Fred Billing, who was a coach at Y High mm-hmm. when they went 10-0 and in 2002, he's somebody whose opinion I very much respect and hold him very highly. Uh, in regards, so I talked to him. I talked to you know plenty of plenty of people. You know my father, and and after having all these conversations with everybody, one of the best answers I got was, so, you know, am I ready to be a head coach? And Fred Billing looks at me crazy. He says, "You're never ready. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna run into a million problems you didn't see coming, but you learn as you go." Yeah. So, you know, it was it was it was more of a process like that, more of a decision like that, and then the more support I felt from the kids at the school and the more support I felt from, from people around me, the more confident I was. And, and yeah, go, go, and, go and do this. This is the right thing to do. Talking with uh, Coach McMurdo, new head coach of the Waihai Indians. So I imagine uh, you've been the D.C. for the last four years. You're going to you know, continue that duty. And uh, uh, what are we doing offensively? So... Um, Offensively, we're going to have the same offensive coordinator that we had under Coach Taylor, and that's Max Ursum, another uh, Salisbury guy who played with us. We all played together there, mm-hmm. and and he'll continue to be the offensive coordinator. And you know his his job here at Y High is to you know mold our offense around what we have, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can you can say you want to be a system guy, or you know I'm a wing T guy, I'm a spread guy. That's that's fine and dandy. That's fair, but you can be a spread guy all you want until the next class comes in and you don't have a quarterback, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you have to be flexible as a high school 
football coach, and, and, and you have to mold your offense to, to the talent that you have that year. So I'm sure he'll do a great job of that and will, you know, continue to, to get athletes at this school that uh, we can mold. I mean, Andre Matthews, our first year here, was a running back, and now he's playing quarterback at Salisbury University. And, and Darius Foreman was a running back, and he did okay at quarterback for us, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure did. <laughs> we'll, find some, we'll find some guys there that can make that happen. And defensively, you know, I, I could still run the defense. If it's a perfect world, I'll find somebody that I can plug in as a defensive coordinator that I trust and is, is a great, great football coach and great with the kids. And that way I can, you know, broaden my perspective and see all parts of the game sure so. yeah well that's a big part so there yeah there you may be looking for to to add an assistant to take your spot with it and then does the jv staff or are, are they pretty much staying the same with uh, continuity well we're gonna yeah we're gonna hold on as many guys as we can uh oh good you're gonna keep alec okay (laughs) alec used to serve as an intern for me uh on the on my morning show so he did that for a year he's an eastern guy we always uh yeah we always make sure and rile him up a little bit when it's eastern week yeah i know (laughs) and and he and y'all were riled up because i'm yeah in full disclosure so you in case you don't know i coach the eastern jv squad so yes so yeah we 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 knew that we got your best effort when uh, when we played down there last year. So, uh, you know, thankfully we came away with a W. So, <laughs> well, yeah. As, as long as Alex here, I'm sure that the Easton game will be circled on his calendar. <laughs> it is. There's no doubt. He's already told me. <laughs> so, and I guess that's that's the toughest thing for you though. Coming in is uh, you know. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean. As much as uh, Isaiah said that they were being paid over there, his assistant coaches, I, I thought about going to run his JV team. I mean, we had that conversation <laughs> here. You know, they, they pay a lot of money over there in Northern Virginia. Uh, but yes. yeah, that's yeah. that's the biggest challenge, I think, for you, right, in, in this off season is, you know, since the kids know you, but it's just assembling your entire staff. Yes, sir. That's that's one of the most important things. You're only You're only as strong as your – your lowest coach, you know, I mean, whoever you have on the, on the staff, that's, that's how strong you're going to be. So everyone's opinion matters. Everybody counts. And, and, you know, the, the, the position coaches, they, they play just as big of a role in winning football games as the head coach. And uh, I mean, one thing that I think we're very fortunate to have is we do build those relationships with players that we coach so that we have some volunteer coaches that are young guys that we coached at Bennett. You know, there's kids that I've coached um, at uh, at Bennett who who now come out to our practices and they're all in. You know, so they're not making a dime. It's nice amount you know they can pay their or Mount Vernon that they can pay those uh, assistants, <laughs> but you know we've got guys who are who are bought in for the right reasons. Right. And and that's excellent. Um, another great place that we have the ability to pull from is uh, Salisbury University. I mean, I have a still have a great relationship with with Coach Wood and Coach Dis Bennett. So, you know, whoever whoever they don't gobble up to start coaching for them, you know, I can say, hey, is somebody looking to get their feet wet in coaching? Come on, send, send them over my way. Right. And uh, so, you know, there's there's a lot of good guys out there, and we can tap into that Salisbury University um, factory, I should say, coaching factory it is over there. Right. <laughs> if, I can, if I can tap into that and get some guys there, and then also the relationships that we've been, made with uh, our former players, um, I think I think we'll be okay staff-wise. Coach, let me ask you this. How did the players respond, and what was your message to them uh, once you officially took over? 
um, they responded well. They responded well. I think I think they were excited. You know, it was it was a shame that the process took the time that it did. But you know, um, as in everything where there's paperwork and bureaucracy involved, that can kind of slow things down. <laughs> but yeah. um, so that little area of limbo had them a little anxious, but. They were very pleased and very excited that someone was named, and I'd like to think that they were happy it was me. Um, did you let good. them know that you would? Did you let them know once Coach had mentioned he's stepping down? Did you let them know that you at least put your name in, um, maybe to help calm their fears a little bit? Because I'm, I'm sure, obviously, yeah, they were excited to hear that. Hey, we've got somebody on the inside that we may be able to continue this continuity uh, and and not have to start all over again with the new coaching staff. Yes, I, I did. I did let them know, and and. The, the voices I heard and then the things I heard from the from the players are, all right, well, they just got to make the right choice now. So it was yeah. good yeah. to have them supported, supported in that manner. And um, my message to them after I got selected was, uh, you know, it's, it's time to get to work. You know, the, the money we put in the bank now in the offseason is what we're going to have to cash in on in the season. You know, and I um, before I got really heavy into coaching, I, I, uh, I boxed at a gym in Salisbury called uh, Main Street. Mm-hmm. And when I fought there, one of the things we said, um, you know, when I fought in the Golden Gloves tournaments is you don't you don't win the fight on Saturday night, Friday night. You, you win it in the gym during the week. You win it in the months prior to. And that's the same exact thing here with football. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you don't win the games on Friday night. You win them in the offseason during the week. So that, that was my message to them. And, um, you know, we're very fortunate with – the facilities we have here and strength and conditioning um, coaches that we have here that, you know, the the boys are getting after it already. So I'm glad they heard that message. What kind of participation are you getting in the weight room? Um, Today, well, today, so we have a a class called Flex, which is like a study hall Uh that the entire school observes for an hour in the middle of the day. Nice. Um, So we, you know, we've got a lot of football players in that, in that, and they, um, they go down and they're able to get a great lift in. Uh, and we have beautiful facilities here. And so I want to say today it looked like maybe we had about mm, 35, 40 nice. kids in there. Nice. So that's a, that's a, it's a decent start. It's a good spot. I mean, yeah. You know, Some I, players I, play uh, winter sports too. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I, and I have lots of, um, you know, I'm in the building now as a special education teacher. So in my, my classroom is right next to the cafeteria. So everybody's got to come through there. So I've been out in the hallways grabbing kids. And <laughs> you guys would be shocked if you saw some of the athletes and kids walking around this building that haven't played yet. So. Not not shocked at all. The Y High has always <laughs> yeah. had studs well, so, well, and studettes. Well, and to, the, to that end, Coach, you mentioned Darius Foreman, also Malik Leatherberry. You've got some big names graduating. I know you bring back, I think, your entire offensive line. But from a skill set standpoint, point um some guys to replace some pretty big names oh yeah yes sir and 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 again i I think i said it um on another interview but you can't replace a darius foreman right that's there's there's no um you know and and most people think of it offensively but me as a defensive coordinator i look at malik leatherberry and darius foreman as my corners right (laughs) gosh that's a that's quite a relief if you've got those two guys at corner you don't have to look at an offense and be like Oh, what are we going to do here? How are we going to do this? Oh, we've got Darius on that side. We've got Malik on that side. Okay. Let's take out the number one receivers. We're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, good <laughs> luck can, replacing them. <laughs> right, right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, no, so, so yeah, that's a, that's a challenge. But, again, um, 
This school is full of kids who are, are very athletic, and they are hungry to learn the game of football, which is, which is really awesome. Um, mm-hmm. They're very hungry to learn the game of football. So, you know, that's something that I really take pride in and I really enjoy is, is taking these, these kids who maybe have or maybe haven't had a great youth football background. Um, there's, there's not too many. Um, I think there's a Pop Warner team here, the Wacomico Panthers, and then there's a couple other teams as well. Salvation Army, some, yeah. Some mm-hmm. different teams, yeah. But one thing for sure is, is that these kids come in and they're hungry to learn the game of football. So we run a, we run a pretty close to a college defense here, and, and these kids love it. They gobble it up. So we'll have some more kids that we can go in there and, and plug into play. So Good stuff. Well, listen, Coach, we know you got to get back to your uh, teaching schedule. We do appreciate you taking the time. We look forward to talking to you every Friday night here on uh, Overtime Live. Mike Bradley in the studio uh, taking care of that. So we look forward to having you join us uh, for that as well uh, every Friday night. Uh, and, of course, we'll probably have why high a time or two this season. Well, I hope so. And, um, you know, I appreciate both of you very much, Mike and Mark. You guys do an excellent job. and and do a great job of covering covering the best conference in 2A ball. There you go. So I appreciate that. We'll appreciate, we'll appreciate that, Coach, and we'll certainly be in touch between now and then uh, leading up to the season, but looking forward to it. And uh, I think, as Mark said, we're both really glad that that hire stayed in-house with you um, to continue what you guys are building there because, you know, as we've talked about, you know, we want a bit, we want to see a base side from top to bottom that's strong because that just makes the conference better altogether. And so, uh, you know, we, we want a program that has gotten on back on a winning track to stay there because that helps the entire conference. Absolutely. I, I want them to stay there as well. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate it. Except when it. they play you. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks. thanks Have a great day, my thanks, friend. Thanks, Coach. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. That's a message for our uh, Philadelphia Eagles listeners. Yeah, the uh, fans. So, uh, yeah, For All Seasons is there for you. So after the uh, Super Bowl oh. on Sunday night, yeah, Beth Ann's a uh, Eagles fan. I saw a picture the other yeah. night. I didn't know. I thought she was from New York originally. Should she yeah, be a Giants fan? I think she's just a whatever. It's a chance, oh. to, <laughs> chance to party and have a good time. So, I get you. <laughs> this segment sponsored by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish speaking communities. Regardless of one's ability to pay, more info at forallseasonsinc.org. Thankful for uh, McMurdo to join us. A good interview there, talking with him about the process and his thinking. And, and really cool to know that his grandfather 
actually played in the NFL, AFL, whatever it was back then, back in the 30s. Yeah, yeah. So. That, yeah. No, that's right. When he said with the Boston Braves. Yeah, which became the Boston Redskins, Redskins and then yeah. the Washington Redskins. Yeah. But he got traded for uh, Burt Bell uh, from the Eagles, uh, traded for him, and he became an Eagle and played. And yeah, that is really cool. And again, you, you talk about, you know, locally the SU lines. I mean, we had Joey Bilstein on earlier, uh, an SU guy, but you have Coach McCormick, his head coach in North Carolina, uh, an SU guy, but the, the whole line. I mean, he coached with uh, Coach Riley at Parkside, right. who's SU. And so there's a huge group there. But again, we go back to the continuity, though. I mean, he may add an assistant to uh, help him defensively if he decides to just manage the game, but it'll still be his imprint defensively. But uh, I mean, pretty much everything stays the same. Hey, Coach Taylor offensively said the same thing, you know, to me that, you know, the, the OC's job is to design an offense around what we have. So we'll be whatever we have to be and that's exactly what coach McMurdo said that will continue to be the case which coach I mean Mark as you know as a coach that's a smart mindset yeah you'd love to be hey this is my system this is what I want to do but we'll adapt to what we have to do and a lot of the good coaches do that and we've seen you know, look, Coach Riley at one point ran a spread back at 07 at Parkside. Mm-hmm. You know, he just settled in where he's got the guys to do what he does. You know, Jay Coleman ran a spread offense at one time and threw the football. I mean, he'll adapt his offense to whatever. You know, and the good coaches will do that. So, um, you'll see that. But, yeah, I think uh, Y-High is certainly in good, good hands to continue. There's only been one consistent offense here over the years, and that's going to change, I'm sure, in 2023. And that was the wing tee at North Carolina that's been run there for 20-some plus years. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, that's that's uh, that's true. And we've seen we've seen these offenses evolve, though. It's 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 really crazy to uh, to see how things have changed. And it's impressive, though. But uh, anyway, um, great to have Coach McMurdo on. I appreciate that. And uh, when I talked to him via text last week, so the news broke right after we stopped our podcast or we ended our podcast we ended up going back in and we could say this now editing in the news that there was a hire because we just saw that on facebook as i was exiting the studio i was like mark we got to go back in and say something you know because it'll be a week that's passed Uh, but we saw that so now there's one as we still await the uh, north carolina hire there and see what uh, see what ends up happening. And everything else seems to be status quo right now across the base side. And uh, you mean with football? Uh, yeah, with football. And uh, as far yeah. as I know, yeah. yeah. So uh, I've reached out to uh, Nash Ireland, the athletic director at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Still no word as to uh, whether they have hired anybody. We'll see if he gets back to me over the course of this uh, show here today. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, their process, the interview process, they're early in that. Uh, they had said that they were going to be interviewing in uh, this week. In fact, I just got a text that starting interviews this week. Decision by the end of next week. Oh, okay. I was so, gu- I was going to say, I mean, the, it, the sooner the better. But, Mark, you know this as well. At the high school level, and it, obviously it depends on the kind of high school potentially, but when you're hired as a head coach, you do end up, because coaches are so tough to find, you do end up inheriting to a certain extent coaches that are on staff there as assistants on varsity and jv now i'm not saying there may be some guys that come and go a little bit that does happen but you're going to inherit and keep a certain amount of them 
and they just have to adapt and adjust to what you want because manpower is so tough. It's not easy to just say, oh, no, we're going to wipe out all the guys and bring in my own. You know, that's easier said than done to have to fill, you know, to, right. let's just say 10 spots between varsity and JV, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to seeing who is uh, getting the position in North Carolina when that position is hired. We'll uh, we'll do our best to get them on the podcast with us as well. Yeah. Because those are some big shoes that they're stepping in to fill there at North Carolina. Yeah. No, that's that's right. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. And, and uh, look, Coach McCormick, I think, as he said, he'll be there for what anybody needs. Right. But I think you've seen that the coaches that have stepped away, they don't want to be in the shadow of the right. guys that take over for right. them. Right. And so that's – and. and that speaks highly of these guys that they're not so egotistical that oh no I'm going to stick her you know you got to let the new guy do their thing but if the new guy wants to lean on the old coach hey that's uh, that's also probably smart to do that to some extent yeah you you got to get some leeway to uh, try and figure out how to navigate the uh, uh, the political scene within the school well because, that's that's true as well because it is there it is yeah, definitely everybody has to <laughs> has to compete with that that is true by the way mark uh, and it's something that i think i should be able to add going forward to our facebook pages and such so i'm a subscriber to the newspapers.com where you could go back and take a look at all the old newspapers well mm-hmm. for those that are a part of it and so i've been digging up old articles just on random you know bayside football games and teams and all that so i figured well maybe i can you know maybe once a week or so you know post an old article of a game or a team or a profile or standings the way it used to be things were a lot different with the way things were broken down back in the day so i thought that's all something cool that we may add to the uh, mix going forward here i love it i love it Uh, when we come back i want to turn our focus to basketball yeah high school basketball that's next hanging out with bob pino at an optical galleria Bob, the Chesapeake Fire and Ice Festival is coming back to Easton February 17th and 18th, and I know that an optical galleria in Easton will have a special display. We have a special treat with our ice sculpture or pogo or akita out front, and inside we have some of the most fabulous frames from around the world, and we just treat people super. There is a little discount card that we'll be handing out that day so people can stop by and ask for the discount card or just go ahead and purchase a pair of Hook sunglasses while you're there. I was going to mention the Hook sunglasses are absolutely amazing. They are available at an Optical Galleria. Encourage you to make sure you stop by during the Fire and Ice Festival to check out and try on those Hook sunglasses because you've got something for everyone at an Optical Galleria. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate it. We hope to see everybody there. It is a fun, fun weekend. It sure is. And if you can't wait, you want to check them out online, eisenart.net. So the Fire and Ice Festival is this coming weekend in downtown Easton, if you want to check that out, the 17th and 18th. And uh, looking forward to that. It was a, a lot of fun uh, to be around for that event uh, uh, back well last year when it was here as well. Mark Potter and Mike Bradley alongside, and I want to turn our attention now to uh, high school basketball. The Bayside Championships are set for the 21st of February. And which day is that? Uh, Tuesday. That's a Tuesday, okay. So uh, you'll be able to hear it on 94.3 Winks FM and online at forevermidshore.com. Just click on the Winks FM radio link and listen live. The Roto-Rooter pregame show is at 545, and it, of course, is the overtime live Preston Ford Game of the Week. And it's presented by Doc's Family Restaurants and Joseph W. McCartan Insurance. 
who has stepped up. But, of course, our usuals, Cone Ice and Four All Seasons, as well as uh, Best Western Plus Easton. For the girls game, they're going to play first. It's going to be Kent Island. Ken Island is unbeaten this year, and they should finish their regular season unbeaten. They've had a heck of a season. Um, uh, Lily Dossus, Olivia Hainsworth, and others really getting it done for them. Uh, Decatur got upset last week by Y High, 60-53. to And uh, they were at uh, Y High and when that happened. Um, but Decatur has only one loss, so they should be in, you know, good enough to be able to make the Bayside Championship game. I don't think we're going to have any issues there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be Decatur and, uh, and Ken Island in the Bayside Championship game. Yeah, and, then, and then the boys did a, a number on Y High. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, and, you know, Y High suffered their first defeat yeah. um, uh, of the season of a couple of years, actually, I think. And uh, so that... To Decatur. Yeah, to yeah. Decatur. Yeah. Uh, y High and J.M. Bennett play this week. Um, and uh, that is really going to be the telltale, I think, because when you look at the standings, well, I don't think anybody is going to be able to get by Y High for the Bayside Championship. Um, when you look at it, the, Jay and Bennett's 12-2. and two. One of those losses was to Y High. So I, I, I have a feeling Y High, as long as they can take care of business with Jay and Bennett, then they're going to be going, Y High will be going to the Bayside Championship, mm-hmm. and they're going to go against uh, Queen Anne's. Uh, the Queen Anne's County High Lions getting it done. At uh, eighteen and one, their one loss came to Y High, and uh, but they're fifteen and zero in the North. Ken Island, the closest one, eleven and three. I'm really looking forward to when the playoffs start because it's going to be some great games in the early going. Well, and that's right, and that's where you get, I guess, matchups really for a third time in a lot of cases yeah, here. A lot of cases, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that that makes it intriguing, and where. The Bayside Championship, you could beat a team and win the championship, and, and that's your first goal. But at the same time, you want to win that state title. And if you got to play that team again, boy, that makes it tough. And, and in some instances, a third time, uh, that's uh, that's tough sledding. You know, and sometimes, I guess, uh, privately, some coaches might say that in some ways from a uh, – I'm trying to think of an analytical or just a, an odd standpoint – I'd rather maybe lose to that team in the championship game and beat them in the playoffs than vice versa. I guess it just depends. But that's probably in a private moment there. But, you know, we talked about with Queen Anne's and Y High in football, for instance. You know, Queen Anne's beat Y High at Y High on a Thursday night in a really good game, high-scoring affair. But then Queen Anne's had to turn around and play them again. Granted, it was at home. But what happened? Y High beat them. Yeah, you yeah. hate playing a team. It's tough to beat somebody three times in a row. You know, it, over the course of a season, it, it can be. It yeah, can be. It's tough. Yeah. And, now, uh, the NFL, the odds have actually played out where that's happened more than you think. But uh, you know, yeah, here it, you hear coaches talk about with the playoffs, for instance, they'd much rather face a team they've never faced before than having to play a conference team again. But it's that's my the case. favorite time of the year. It's the final week of the regular season. Some good matchups this week. Get out and enjoy some high school. Uh, you know, basketball this week and the playoffs will start in two weeks. Um, actually, I think a week from Friday. Right. Uh, the Bayside Wrestling Championships yeah. are at Stephen Decatur this coming weekend. Congratulations to Decatur. They won their fourth straight Maryland Duels 2A title. Yeah, how about that? Uh, and they beat, beat the one seed. Beat Sparrows, Sparrows Point. Point from Eastern Baltimore County. Yeah. I got a good friend of mine who lives right near there. Yeah. 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 So uh, congratulations to them on doing that, coming back and, and scoring the win in the semis and then 
and then coming back against Spurs Point and beating them. Yeah, now, and I, I think he just retired. Their longtime wrestling coach just retired yeah, a year or two yeah, ago. New coach this year. Yeah, and, and, but well, he was on the staff. Yeah, I was going to so, say. So yeah. there's continuity there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, picking up from where they left off. So and congratulations yeah. to uh, uh, some of the swimmers across the Bayside having good years. Uh, Easton especially. Um, you know, advancing into the uh, state championships, which are next week as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot going on as we wrap up the regular season and wrap up the winter sports season minus the playoffs. We still have that to come. Yeah. But uh, good stuff. Yeah, it's weird with the wrestling. We've talked about this before, though, where you'll have the dual championships prior to the Bayside championships. Usually it's a case where, okay, you play your regular season. If you're so fortunate to make the Bayside championship game, you play in that. And then you go to the state playoffs. A little bit different with wrestling. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And because uh, yeah, now you get to the individuals. Once you get through the Bayside Championship, it becomes it's no longer team stuff. It's all individuals. Mm-hmm. So, well, listen, another great podcast in the books. Thanks to Joey Bildstein and thank you to McMurdo for joining us as well, the new coach at Y High. Um, we need to effort on finding who our guest is for next week. Well, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, we've it's got somebody we've been talking to that I'm trying to nail this person down for next week. That will be a really good interview, but we just haven't been able to settle on a date yet. So we'll we'll uh, we'll let you know. But uh, yeah, you just have to wait and listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess you're right. We'll, we'll make sure we make it interesting. If we're if we're here next week, <laughs> then you know we had a guest, right? Is that what you're saying? What's that? If we're here next week, then we know we have a guest. I guess that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're trying to keep it consistent, but, yeah. you know, sometimes we have a break here or there. Yeah. yeah. Just to reset. Well deserved. Yeah. So, well, listen, we thank you for listening. ShoresportsMD.com. Uh, we've got a, been putting up a lot of videos here lately. Uh, George Murdoch, our new intern, and Jack Boskoski and Olivia Hensley, um, it, you know, getting videos out there for us, and uh, we've been putting them up on online as well so uh, check it out shoresportsmd.com share this as well and we'd love to have you join us again next time thanks mike thank you send emails to mike at shoresportsmd.com if you have an idea of somebody you'd like us to talk to here on timeout with shore sports presented by the preston automotive group You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another Time Out soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.